If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. It is my great pleasure to be with you. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jeff. There's Tom. He's in Manhattan. Snooty. <laughs> Director Matthew is here on Twitter. It's at Jay Cameron Show. Knowles won last night. That's cool. Got to meet the new guys, too. Got to meet some of the uh, new guys. If you go to warchant.com here, you'll see uh, slowly but surely... We'll roll some of these uh, interviews out for you uh, of the new guys. Yeah, I think we already have some up. In fact, cornerback uh, transfer Fintrell Cypress uh, was excited to uphold the legacy of DBU. I don't ever get into that debate because it's uh, foolish, but it also is funny. But uh, that's fine. Good. I'm glad you want to hold it down, baby. Hell. One of ours had three picks in a playoff game that they somehow lost. <laughs> That's the other aspect of that that we didn't talk about last hour when we were talking about whether or not the Chargers should move on, and the answer is yes, they should, but it appears that maybe they won't be. They fired all their staff, but not not the problem. Uh, is uh, how, how do you lose a game when you're plus five in the turnover margin? I don't think I've ever seen that. Tom, have you ever seen a plus five turnover differential to the plus for the team that lost? Uh, not in the NFL. There's not enough possessions in the NFL. The clock runs. Count in college, you, you, you could pull it off maybe, but not in the pros. It's almost impossible. I don't know how it's possible. I started doing the math. I did. I told my wife. She was uninterested. But I said, uh, <laughs> they should hand the ball off to Eckler. He's a pretty good player. I'd hand it to him a bunch. What if he only gets one yard, she said. I'd say, second and nine. Clock's running. Well, don't they have to get a first down? Not necessarily. I'd hand it to them again on this play. See what happens. Up oh, third and six. Don't they want to get a first down? It'd be nice. I'm sure they desire it. 
may not be necessary. Clock's running. May hand it to him I, again I, here. Maybe run a screen pass, see if we can't get a first down or two. And if we do, by the way, I'm going to hand it to him again. He's going to be very tired at the end of this game. Yeah, that's what I'd say is maybe we'll be a little bit more risky and call a swing pass three Ooh, feet away from the quarterback. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, so you know what else I thought of? And I don't understand this. Another reason to fire Staley. You know it's not illegal. It's not illegal to roll really athletic quarterbacks out of the pocket. Like, you can look at Herbert and be like, that dude is an athletic Jesse. Tell you what we're going to do because they're getting to the spot. They've figured out where he's going to be. We're going to go ahead and roll his ass out. We're going to run some draws and some screens to slow their ass down. But if they're going to continue to pin their ears because, you know, desperate teams do that, we're going to go ahead and roll him out, give him a run pass option, maybe let him run for a first down or two, keep that clock rolling. None of that happened in that game. It was the dumbest game I've seen in an awful long time. So we've seen it now in college and pro this offseason. The best examples of neutering a head coach since Jason Garrett was not allowed to call the plays in Dallas. Remember that? It was just a, a public shaming every single week for Jason Garrett. By the way, Jason Garrett's brother is on the staff here at FSU. Outstanding coach. Fantastic guy. But we all remember that because Dallas is what Dallas is. Yeah. And um, yeah. he ended up becoming the OC, I think, at the Giants afterwards. But number one, Staley somehow keeps his job, but it's Lombardi's fault that they blew the 27-0 lead. That offense was uninspiring. I grant you, no, there's no doubt about that with Justin Herbert. We've been talking about that for years. It drives me but nuts. But you're going you're to save that guy and cut Lombardi? Okay, that's one. And then the other one in college, which I don't know that we've addressed on the air, but Petrino's calling plays at Texas A&M. Oh, Chippo's yeah. not allowed to call plays anymore. Well, he, I don't know if and, he's not allowed, but yeah. Well, it's a Petrino. I don't think Jimbo is, and the Petrino family are on very good terms. So Not I just, based I on the handshake that. we saw after that ass stomping. Was it Idaho? Idaho. He was the hoe after the uh, 80-something to 7, whatever that final score was. Yeah. And the, the look on his face. You know, it's it's fascinating, though, really quickly back to this. When you have 6'5", 6'6", quarterbacks that can move, you look at almost every other team, including the Butts, who got the win. They do understand, as lost as he was in the first half, and that was startling to see the confusion. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looked like he had never seen zone coverage before. It was startling to watch him confuse man and zone uh, over and over again. But in the second half, because Peterson's a really good coach, really good coach, he decided to mix it up, started to do some things differently, Hey, I don't know. If it's not working, let's shake some things up here and give my man some confidence. And he did, but he also knows when to utilize his legs. I don't know how you have Herbert, who's one of the more athletic dudes at the position in the game, and not look around the league and see how those guys are used. All you got to do is look at the Giants. And he's going to make it. That kid's going to make it. He's turned the corner. They figured it out with this kid. I'm not saying... You know, he's God's gift to quarterbacks. Minnesota's defense is an embarrassment. But they used Daniel Jones the right way at 78 yards rushing. Yeah, the uh, only thing I could think of as Lawrence is rallying the Jags, and, like, this is going to happen, because you have that feeling after it gets to a certain point, like, oh, this is going to happen, is if Matt Gay could make a kick 
We would have gotten that in Tampa. You would have gotten the Jameis Winston experience on Wild Card Weekend. Mm. Would they have won the Super Bowl? No. No. But would he have gone for four touchdowns and four picks? And it's a three-point game. Right. You're damn right we would have seen that in the playoffs. And right. I just feel I felt so robbed that we didn't get that in Tampa at least one time. Yeah, I hated that too. That, that is frustrating, but uh, it all worked out in the end, and now the end is is upon us. As um, you know, obviously, uh, I would think. I mean, are they going to announce this yet? I haven't checked ESPN today since the show started. Anyhow, uh, what are we waiting on with Leftwich? What's going on here? I don't know what's going on there. So there was a report out of Tampa, basically as the clock was hitting triple zeros, one of the outlets down there that said he's gone. Yeah, well, two different reports said he was fired, and he should be, and it's self-evident. Nobody brought it up that night. Bowles didn't, in his exit interview yesterday, say that it was a done deal, but he didn't rally behind Byron either. I, I don't know what's taking so long. Is there some sort of process that you have to go through with HR before you can <laughs> officially make this announcement? Because that's overdue, and here's another guy that's going to survive in Todd Bowles. He's going to survive. Yeah, but this. I'm going to get. But hold on, hold on, Tom. Let me. I, I I get it. I know where your head's at, and I'm not in total disagreement. But in fairness to Todd Bowles, who does not have overwhelming support amongst the Bucks faithful, let's put it that way. He hired nobody on that staff. Every one of those players and coaches he inherited. And I think if we're being fair to a guy who's been a coach for a year, that you have to let him bring in his people before you decide to fire his ass. Uh, yes, I, you, you could make that argument. I could also make the argument that <laughs> I understand he had, he had everybody at his disposal for a playoff game in which he made Dak Prescott look like Peyton Manning at the height of his power. And even a little bit better than that, maybe it's for some stretches. Everybody was healthy. How do you look that lost defensively consistently as the game goes along? And how do you not? He was Mr. Blitzer. You saw how conservative he got yeah. in the middle stretch of that game where he's saying the four-man rush. Who that? It could have been 10 seconds. Four-man rush is not getting home, Todd. Let's not play two-man under. This is just – it is what Tampa deserved after watching them for 17 games of poorly coached football. They got what they deserved. It was almost like – the Knowles couldn't make that comeback in the Rose Bowl, even though they had holes the size of Texas for Dalvin Cook to run through. It didn't feel like that Rose Bowl was something that Florida State deserved for kind of going through the motions for the 12-game regular season. Yeah. The Bucks looked in the wild card game the way they looked all damn season long. Yeah, and I wasn't, and you you and I debated this, I, I was not a believer that that defense was stout. I understand what the numbers said. I just didn't think they were that great. I thought that we saw elements of this all the time. Now, the problem for the season is the offense. So there's no reason to focus on the defense. Yes, that game, they were terrible. It didn't surprise me they were terrible because they've had pockets of football where they were that kind of terrible for whatever reason. They were good in the red zone defensively most of the year, which saved their ass. And I also thought that basically, well, for whatever reason, and this is a different discussion if we were still doing Scuttlebucks, there's confusion in the secondary constantly, and I do not understand that part of it. I don't understand why they're confused all the time. Now, it doesn't matter anymore. They're going to have to make some changes. That's fine. Look, lest we forget, the Bucs won 13 games a year ago, rode, won, the, won the division. 
and and came that close to beating the Rams who won the Super Bowl. They were they were fine. It has not been a disaster. Everybody wants to jump in now and talk about what a disaster. No, man, it was fine. You oh, got man. what you paid for. It worked out. The Bucks anteed up, won the Super Bowl, won back-to-back division titles, won, went to the playoffs every all those years. That's fine. That's a win. We win. The NFC South lost. We won. Suck it, everybody. Suck it. That's the end of it. Now, all of these things come to an end. See, the Rams came crashing to, to an end. But they, too, they won. They're, they're turning around going, boy, what a tough year. Look at that shiny Lombardi trophy. And all of these teams chasing it, especially those that have never come close to winning it, would, would gladly exchange places. Now you just have to go about the process of figuring out how to put one foot in front of the other, what's the quickest way to avoid, in my mind, a lingering hangover and the problems that you sometimes see organizations go through when they transition. Well, and these we're talking about the problems that a lot of teams have, and some of them, uh, Jacksonville, namely, with Lawrence playing up and down for two consecutive winner-take-all games, are still fighting. The others aren't. But the NFL has got to be so thrilled with what they have in this next round. This weekend is outstanding for so many reasons. you got the star quarterbacks. You've got a marquee matchup with Buffalo and Cincinnati. And then also from a media market standpoint, I mean, Saturday night, you got Philly and New York. It's awesome. And that division, that division has been ass for a decade, but this year it was good. This year, that division was deep and talented. And there they are, three of the NFC East Titans still left in the NFC playoff picture. So they got everything that they wanted. They got the different time zones. They've got the marquee stars. Mm -hmm. And this weekend's going to whoop ass. I think so. And you have a classic matchup in the 49ers and Cowboys, which uh, for people of a certain age, you can remember being a war year in and year out. Uh, The winner of that game was going to the Super Bowl. It was uh, some of the best football I'll ever remember in my lifetime because some of that is pre-salary cap era. So those two teams were loaded in a way teams could no longer be at every single position. Uh, And obviously you had, you know, uh, in in my mind, like, affable superstars at nine different positions on both on both teams and it was always one of the uh, more intriguing matchups so if you if you're of a certain age you're going to tune into that game almost for nostalgia purposes i think san francisco will win the game uh and, but at, at really the nfc is set up for san francisco to go through and then get beat by whoever comes out of the afc because the three teams in the afc are all better than san francisco buffalo kansas city and cincinnati but San Francisco defensively could make it interesting. Without question. Least. But I agree, I, I agree with you. I just I think that's an under game. I think it's going to be a slugfest. It's going to be old school. And I'll tell you, I saw on social media the other day, somebody posted the intro, the montage, Pat Summerhall introducing the game at Candlestick, mm. the one that San Francisco did win. And I, I told you that the first Super Bowl I can remember is Chargers and 49ers, but the Super Bowl was played the game before. And I distinctly remember that intro because it's showing a train on a train track. And then they've got video just horribly kind of layered on the train. It's disgusting, (laughs) but it brought me back, man. I thought, oh man, this was, this was the beginning of my love for the NFL as it wasn't related to the Buccaneers, like good football. That was the first game I can remember was Dallas and, and San Francisco at Candlestick. An exercise in recognizing how quickly technology advances is to go back and watch games in increments of five years. And if you do that with both pro and college football, you're alarmed fairly quickly. By the time you get past five years, the first one, the first increment of five. So you go, you know, 2018, you're watching games and you're like, Oh God, this looks terrible. It was 2018. 
it's, it makes no sense. If you go look at 2013, you're thinking, my God, how can anybody see what's happening on the field? By the time you're in the 90s, my God, it, you're just absolutely uh, lost. What's crazy to me is I guess they're trying to appeal to kids, but there are things that they continue to do now that I know look terrible now, and they're going to look even worse five years from now. Like, for example, the cartoon characters on Fox, when somebody scores, and they're all hulked out, like yeah. Tom Brady's jacked with the pythons yeah, of Hulk yeah, yeah. Hogan in his prime. Like, that never looked good. And in five years, we're going to say, why did Fox ever do that? And there are other examples of that over the years. They do it all the time on every network, where it's like they have the fake scoreboard that has strings just extending to the sky, and there's a shadow on the field. Like, I don't understand who the hell comes up with this stuff. I'd rather just go back to the Fox NFL robots punching each other to death after a score than some of the weird stuff they do now. It just seems so, I don't know, childish, some of the stuff they do. That's a get-off-my-lawn rant. Sorry about that. By the way, should be noted, and I, I think this is a really this is another reason the NFL is so popular. I know I made some uh, you know, grandiose statements that sounded like certainties, but I will recognize that they are not that. That those are the odds that I'm leaning with and towards. And uh, I got lucky, by the way. I did have Jacksonville on the money line to win that game, and it was paired with a parlay. And I parlay I got right with San Francisco easily beating Seattle. Um, that wasn't hard. Uh, but the other games, if you think about this for a second, in no world should that Buffalo and Miami game had been close. It's 17 to nothing. The Dolphins aren't competitive. They're with their third string quarterback. The game is over. Josh Allen decides to turn the, the football over, not once, not twice, but three times, and make that game fascinating. The Bills outgained the Dolphins by over 200 yards. It didn't feel like the two teams were on equal footing in any way, shape, or form. And yet here we were at the end of that game going, are the Bills going to lose to the Dolphins and their third-string quarterback? And as cool a story as that was, that kid didn't play that well. That was that – was, Buffalo gave them a chance to be in that game. And, oh, by the way, the same thing happened in the first half of the San Francisco-Seattle game. And, oh, by the way, we go through all these games, and the next thing you know, they're all close. What is Cincinnati doing playing a game against Huntley that can be decided in the fourth quarter? And if you don't get a 98-yard fumble return to the house on a punched-out football quarterback dive, you might lose to that Ravens team? That can never happen. And this is why hope springs eternal if you make it to the playoffs. The teams are built because it's a salary cap league to be 500. And yes, the difference is usually the quarterback. But if the quarterback doesn't play well, you've got a chance to beat anybody if you're anybody, no matter what your regular season record was. And that's why people hold out hope. Yeah. Uh, all the insurance in the world that I bought on the Bills and Dolphins spread didn't do enough. I went inside of six instead of inside of seven, and it still didn't happen. And you're right, in the San Francisco-Seattle game, it's a turnover deep in San Francisco yes. territory that flips that game on its head from what was an even matchup to, and and uh, I mean, again, it would be criticized, you'd be criticized left and right as a San Francisco coach or uh, some of the key moments in that game that went awry. But at the end, the score was not indicative of how kind of tight that game was. But the Buffalo one is always going to stick in my craw because you could see it coming the entire second quarter, which lasted 90 minutes. Yeah, I think the final days. two minutes from the two-minute drill or two-minute warning to halftime lasted about 40 minutes, and it was excruciating as somebody who had Buffalo minus five and a half in a three-team teaser. I could tell you that. 
I had a two-team teaser, and that was Jacksonville money line and San Francisco minus nine and a half. I was not worried about San Francisco. I thought Seattle had taken a turn for the South before the playoffs ever began, and I love that San Francisco defense. But obviously, I presume to have lost the bet when it was 27 to nothing Chargers. But uh, let's go Bucks! How about that? There you go, Jacksonville. You and your terrible uniforms won me some money. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day, and I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se, and I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, It had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon-neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Jeff Cameron Show rolling on. Listening to 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV on a Balls McWednesday. I hope it finds you doing very, very well. Update, update for everybody. Sorry, I, a couple of you asked and I didn't get to it. Uh, I uh, did not win the national contest on DraftKings, uh, even though I was in first place on Thursday and all of you prayed for me. It did no good. It did no earthly good whatsoever. Uh, it's as if God doesn't care about my gambling. And uh, and so, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I didn't win. However, that said, I did win money. Uh, a decent amount, but not not what I was hoping for. Not what I was hoping for. And I blame Tom. Well, where are we going to dinner, big shooter? <laughs> what what kind of money are we talking about? Uh, we, go, we, we got, we got uh, steakhouse kind of money. We yeah, got, yeah, we, um, can go to, we can get a nice steak. Yeah, we won that. 
We won that. All right. We didn't win any. Congratulations. I didn't win the new car that I was hoping to win. I didn't win that kind of money. A couple semesters of college for Bryce. I didn't win that kind of money. But I did win uh, a hearty meal for the two of us if we'd like. Congratulations to us. That's awesome news. Yay, us. Yeah, you get to do that just uh, just by virtue of being my friend. Like, you, you know, you told everybody on Twitter. Uh, I think what I'll do is when we go out to dinner, I'll live stream maybe, you know, the appetizer. And then we could just <laughs> selfie and discuss, and, and it'll be great. We could talk to the, the waiter or waitress, and then we could discuss how much we're going to tip them, right? You know, mm, because that's yeah. also something Draws, that you yeah, know, people, great attention. they just want to know. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a damn good tipper. Um, I, I, and, you know, and I'll make sure to tweet that. <laughs> I never want to. Well, Tom, as a public figure, you can't get, you can't get caught being cheap on the tip. You gotta do the right thing. Uh, I, I would, I would, I would tell you this though, that, uh, it was over after our round of golf. Was that Thursday or Friday? Um, uh, whenever we entered the clubhouse, it was freezing. And, uh, I, I remember we were sitting there, uh, sharing a cold beverage and I said, but alas, I did not win the national contest. Now, I was in five contests, and I won money in three of them. So, you know, it was a good weekend. But, uh, I, hey, that's all right. You got to buck up, soldier. It's not for the faint of heart. I have already mapped out my selections for this week's tournament, which, by the way, is the weirdest of all. The, the Amex is strange. They play on three different courses. It's a 54-hole cut. It's also a pro-am. I don't know why so many of the top players are choosing to play it. Like, I would hate that. Three different courses, plus i got to deal with some slappy over here and yuck it up with him for seven-and-a-half-hour rounds. I mean, I would would hate that. I would. So, Rob, what are the keys to success at your company? Yeah. That's how that's how that's going to go. Broker business going. Is it going all right? Tell me more about that, Steve. Man. Well, Jordan Spieth, I've got three tenets of success. And I'm Man, trying to win you. the tournament. I'm trying to win the tournament. My guy's telling me about the pool business he opened in 77. I'm glad it worked out, Keith. But this is a tough 246 uphill with a crosswind, and I'm two back. Uh, yeah, thanks, Keith. Uh, could you could you stand over there? Your shadow is in my line. This putt is worth $50,000. Also, could you, get your could you out of my hit line? already? Could you hit sometime today? We've been out here for six hours. Hit the ball, man. You ain't winning nothing. I can. Yeah. I think I know the answer to Noel Dad's question for you, which is who would be the worst celebrity to golf with? Roseanne. And his initials are, are CB. Those are his initials. Roseanne. Oh. <laughs> I think I win. Oh. I, <laughs> I mean, in general, but Chris Berman, that would be the worst celebrity to golf I, with. I knew where you were going. I wasn't going to bring it up. And he tends to thrust himself into these tournaments somehow, some way, still gets invites, and it's awful. It's just not. I mean, look, I'm not trying to tell you if put in that same situation where all of a sudden you get told, yeah, man, you're going to be golfing with John Rahm and, you know, whomever, right, that you wouldn't feel all kinds of nervous. You would. You know, it's got to be. I mean, imagine these poor bastards back in the day that are getting paired with Tiger Woods. Whew. I mean, the weight of the world on your shoulders of that opening tee shot. Go ahead, Bob. I mean, good God, you'd be like, 
<laughs> He's watching you. You're like, hold on here, Tiger. A little nervous. Don't usually play in front of people, let alone the greatest golfers to ever lease them up. I guess you're going to be useless this week. Okay. <laughs> so, right. I mean, it would be awful. But so the point is, uh, I get that they can be nervous. But, man, when Berman plays, it's the worst. He's at 107 yards, dead left, and then yucks it up with everybody while his crazy, wispy hair is blowing in the wind. Stop that. Don't go out there and play if you can't hit it at all. Yeah, he thinks he's on the same level with Bill Murray in terms of fan favorites. Mm. Like, he, he he does not have the the awareness to know that you're this other guy, dude. You're the highlight guy from 30 years ago. It's frustrating. It is. It is. Uh, but anyhow, so that just so you know, we will be uh, we will be wagering yet again. We'll, there's some stick to itiveness here in one of these. Maybe my maybe the uh, gambling gods don't want me to announce to everybody arrogantly that I'm in first place in the country uh, at any given day during a tournament. That's fair. Your picks are still highly in demand, and I can tell you, you win some, you lose some. I'm mad about the Bills inventing a way to not cover five and a half points. Five and a half. Come on, guys. But the Jags live wagers on Saturday? You made a plenty. Time. Yeah, you made plenty of money on that. I saw that. I was proud yes, of you. Yes, sir. I saw you chasing. I said, he's going for it. He's going he's gonna to get the – well, but also that you could see it happening. You could watch it unfold. You sit there in awe as that thing's going down. You're like, oh, man, they're going to – they're going to make this interesting, aren't they? And one thing to note, all seriousness, we talk about time management. We talk about possessions, counting possessions. We talk about coaches that seem to have an understanding of time, situation, score, all of these things. You are allowed to score more than three points in the second half. I mean, that, that is the other part about this. Had they scored one touchdown, the math may have been too much. It may have just been an impossibility for the Jags, no matter how well Trevor Lawrence turned it around. From four interceptions to four touchdowns, no matter how good a game Doug Peterson called, and he did, and he is a great coach, uh, it may have just been too much had the Jags defense not given up, uh, you know, had the Jags defense given up a touchdown. That that was the other thing. I do love watching the two coaches in this league that even though I don't care about their teams, I watch their games. And Kyle Shanahan is uh, number one on the list. He can win with any quarterback. Uh, including, I mean, absolute bums. It doesn't matter. It's like his offense is quarterback proof. You're going to be successful whether you like it or not. I will, I will force you to be successful even if you lack any any ability at all. You were going to win games because because I'm that good. It's almost like Bill Walsh back in the day, right? Just taking average athletes and being like, yeah, just, yeah I got it. Now, Steve Young was a great athlete, but you know what I mean. Now, Joe Montana, look, I mean, come on. What are we talking about? That offense was what it was all about. Now, and the other is Doug Peterson, man. How do you take a guy, and this would concern me if Doug Peterson weren't the coach, but Trevor Lawrence looked as bad as a kid could look given his status. How do you have that level of confusion in a home playoff game? It's not like, anyhow, he looked like he didn't belong on the field. And then the second half happens, and that is really good coaching. That's somebody who's no doubt having to put his arm around a guy, you don't think he's flustered? He is the reason you are going to lose this game. He is the reason that you are down 27-7 or whatever. He's the reason that you have been terrible for a half. Usually you don't say that. Usually you say, oh, well, there, there was this drop. There was this penalty. There was this defensive bust. No, no. Trevor Lawrence was the reason they sucked. The specific reason in the first half. 
and then he becomes a big reason why they win. That is really good coaching and rather remarkable. Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com. you asked me about this and I didn't have a chance to uh, comment on it, but I'm happy for the young man. I think Tom will probably echo that sentiment. Uh, and that is that uh, Malik McClain, there you go. Headed to your guys over there, Director Matthew. Penn State get the services of Malik McClain. Meant to mention this before. Uh, he joins Penn State via the NCAA transfer portal. And, um, you know, I won't be surprised if he does good things, Penn State's going to be a good team next year. They were a good team this year. We tend to forget how good Penn State was because in the most important high-profile game, they got stomped in the second half by Michigan. And had they been remotely competitive in that half, we may not have forgotten uh, what they were. But they went on to have a very, very good season. And uh, I think they're going to be a good team next year. And I wouldn't be surprised if Malik McClain did really good things for them um, he can be a guy, depending on if you have speed on the other side, he can be a guy that uh, can be a featured receiver. I think it speaks very highly of the depth that Florida State's wide receiver room now possesses and how far it's come. You would never let you know, Malik McClain walk a couple of years ago, but you can afford to let him walk now if that young man – and I'm going to give you a scenario. It is not one that I am sure of. But work with me. If that young man wanted more touches and didn't feel like there was enough emphasis on his skill set within the receiver room or that he was going to be able to showcase his talents to a degree that he wanted or if it were that coupled with perhaps thinking he could make more money uh, in the NIL, or both, and could get that elsewhere, then you got to let him walk. I would kudos to both sides. I would say if you're Florida State, I'm not going to war for Malik McLean, not with what I already have here. And if I'm Malik McLean and I want to be more of a featured guy and I have that opportunity to do it at a really good program in the Power Five and I might be able to secure more dollars in order to do so, that I can't blame him for taking it. This could very well be the way that the system's supposed to work. Good for him, and I wish him well. He practiced hard, guys. He showed up every week. He played hard. He was a pretty good player for us. I wish him well. Yeah, he looked like he was emerging towards the end of the season, making different kinds of plays that had you hopeful that if he stuck around, he could have a breakout season. The thing is, you know, with NIL, if – Let's just assume what you were saying, and, and I'll pick up what you were putting down. In the NIL world, it is kind of like a salary cap structure at the next level. you got to make decisions. You've got to make decisions on 
who is the priority to keep? If retention is, let's say, the battle's end, big-time focus, and it certainly has been this first year of their existence, you're going to have to make some tough decisions. And I'm just so happy for Florida State right now as a football program that you're in a, a place where you have to make tough decisions. Because as you get good in salary cap leagues at the professional level, you got to say goodbye to some really good players. Yeah. Happens in hockey mm-hmm. with dynasties. Happens in the NFL all the time with teams that win Super Bowls. You mortgage some things on, on the one hand, but on the other hand, there's just if you've got four or five young studs, they all come up together. You want to win while they're all on their first contract because you can't keep them all when it's time to resign them. I hope Florida State has more of these moments with like a Treshawn Ward departing, a Malik McClain departing in the years to come. God forbid it ever happens on the offensive line or linebacker. We'll really be in a good place as a program. But if we continue to have these moments where you say, oh, damn, I liked him. That means that we're doing really good things on the football field. Yeah, and I, I just I don't lose sight of how far they've come. I've spent a lot of time when I read these articles that make me sad. You know, I'm sad to lose Malik McLean in the sense that I thought, like you, he was emerging, and I want to have as many weapons as possible. Not fewer weapons, more weapons. Yes, I'd like options. So I, I, maybe sad is not the right word. Disappointed to see him go. That said, I get it. And I also thought long and hard about it if, let's just say, it came down to opportunity or money, I was fine with both of those situations saying, no, we can't give you greater opportunity and no, we can't give you greater money. We're not going we, – or we can, but we're not going to. I'm not going to guarantee you that you're going to have whatever minimum touches you think you should have. I can't do that, and I'm not going to guarantee you more money than whatever we're offering. So, yeah, that's how it works sometimes. Well, and that's going back to your point when you were closing out the first hour talking about what it means to have a healthy NIL situation. You can't have one rogue dude in the room who says, I don't care. That's my favorite player. No, no, can't So we're going to keep them, and I'm coming out of my own pocket because you're resetting your own market within it. It's almost like if you've got a dysfunctional situation with NIL, it's like a, a an MLB franchise having four different code general managers. They're yeah. all cutting their own deals. Yeah, can it can never happen. You 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 have to be on the same page. In and that's where you get back to it needs to be egoless to some extent. It has to be sustainable. Uh, the relationships, um, you know, the cooperative that they have to have clear direction in the space. Uh, Tom is what you're talking about there. Like everybody has to understand. Like, well, okay, this is how much we have to spend this year on roster retention. Here's what we think so-and-so is worth. No, Jerry, I'm not resetting the market because you love him. I mean, he's not worth that to me and us, and it's not going to happen. And you have to have a guy that's going you know, be in charge there, you know, certainly, and 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 willing. But but it has to be based on real information, and it has to be a business-like approach, not emotional. And so, yeah, I think that's where you, you get to that point, right, where it ends up being um, – a decision about uh, money and or or in this case maybe touches I don't know specifically but I, I think that's the way that you got to go about it well and I think it, it's much tougher to promise touches you know because that that becomes a head coach discussion or or a position coach discussion you just I think when it comes to the NIL you got to promise whatever the money is and and that's got to be it and then if you don't get the touches but you get the money that's not our problem at the collective level mm-hmm. that's a you and the and the coach problem you just you can't let those things bleed together like for example you know if rodney hill came due next year after having a good year i would have to recuse myself yes you would i would from kick that you out of the room in the midst of the conversation cuz i would know where it's headed 
and Guys, I would have to be adult enough. My friend thinks Rodney Hill is Emmett Smith, and we're not going to have... <laughs> Now, guys, if he is, I will have an I told you so card for decades. Yes, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to recuse myself because I am for the greater good here, and I'm too biased. I'll I use love Warwick Dunn as a better example since we're talking about the Knowles. But, yes, I mean, it's like, uh, all right, I like Rodney Hill too, Tom. You're going to have to leave the room because I know where this is headed. <laughs> and that's, But you know what? In this analogy, there are a lot of situations around the country where guys are saying, I'm not leaving. I'm staying. But you've got to have adults that say you're you're right. That's fair. I got to I got you guys. Go ahead. You make the decision. So Rodney Hill's gonna have a good year next year, buddy. I'm glad you brought him up. I'm really excited. He's gonna have a good year. He'll be uh, I think one of the first options uh, outside of the great Trey Benson, who could have a monster monster year. Holy moly! This off season, sir, the difficulties of this off season. I'm going to have to pour myself into interviews and golf and things of that ilk because we all are going to be so desperate to see this team line up and play football. Luckily, as you have correctly pointed out, spring football is not that far away. And for the first time in a long time, spring football feels like something that if you're a Florida State fan, you are going to care. You're going to love that. You're going to want to see uh, spring football, the daily updates and practice and all that stuff. I'm not selling the website. I'm just saying. It's true. When you have this kind of competition, position by position, in the running back room, in the wide receiver room, on the offensive line, golly, it's the defensive line. Goodness gracious. We, we talked a lot about that, too. And the great part is that's part one of position battles that go into fall camp. So even when this is all done, that it, you get you get half credit for it, maybe even a third of the credit, but then the big camp comes in fall. It's just watching that journey and watching guys develop has been really fun because it's been really bad to solid to good. And now you're trying to find and split hairs between good, very good, or very good and elite. And that gets really fun because it's something we haven't witnessed with our own eyes. I, I never have covering the team because Jimbo didn't give us access when it got to that level. Mm -hmm. We had access for Jimbo's rise but not that period where they became 29 straight kind of good. So I look forward to seeing that because at a couple positions, we're going to be elite next year. And real quick, just on, on the running back position, I'm looking at the disparity of the carry of uh, the carries for the top three guys. Disparity of the Trey carries. ended up. Yes. <laughs> 154. Yeah. 154 for Trey Benson leading the way by the end of the season. Trey Sean had 95. He yeah. played three fewer games, mm -hmm. but then Toa Feely at 93. So is Rodney Hill going to go for 90-plus carries next year? Is I, that what you're telling me? I hope he gets a lot more than Toa Feely. <laughs> this again. I, I Listen, I'm paid for an opinion. I'm giving you one. I'm telling you. Let's go, Rodney Hill. Let's take those Toa Feely carries away. Why couldn't it just be, let's go, There's Rodney not Hill? Footballs, not... buddy. <laughs> Rodney, save us from Lawrence. Why did it have to be that? Uh, you want to do some wagers? Here we go. Tell me what you initially thought about these because I wrote them down when they came out. Jacksonville plus eight and a half against Kansas City. Uh, that's going to be a KC. They, they've got first half problems in Jacksonville. If you go down the same way they, they, they played against Tennessee and then the Chargers, there, there is no cover at eight and a half. So, KC. All right. So, I am – Cooking up a way. I've got more for you here in just a minute. I am cooking up a way to manipulate the numbers like we both like to do. 
And uh, I'm going to find that one that we can go in on collectively, gang, and we'll all go for pizza after we get this victory. <laughs> We're all going to do this. We're going to find the number by the end of the week that we think is uh, tenable. Uh, and you can do you can do these numbers. The, the real lines look like this. That That is the real line, by the way, Jacksonville plus 8.5. You're going to want to tease that over 10.5. The Giants are getting seven and a half against the Eagles. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you, Tom. Give me the Giants plus seven and a half all day in that matchup. All day. So I'm looking forward to this because I'm going to be in a local New York bar on Ooh. Saturday night watching this. And there's a groundswell around here. Hell I'm looking yeah. Forward, and it's, it's not one in Manhattan that the tourists go to. Like, no. I'm going to you got to go to a dingy ass local. Yes, man. It's a pub with good televisions. It's going to be a good time, and I agree with you. That offense is on a roll, and they have the right kind of ignorance right now. They're ignorant to, to know uh, to not know where they should go or shouldn't go. So that's a very dangerous thing. Philly hasn't looked good in a month, Director Matthew. I don't know, buddy. Tough times. One and done for the Eagles after this prosperous season. And to an arch rival, how disappointing would that be? Elsewhere, the Bengals plus five against the Bills on the road. Mm. Something doesn't seem right with Josh Allen. Just saying. And finally, 49ers minus three and a half against the Cowboys. I'm giving that three and a half. Cowboys are going to get romped. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are widely overvalued because somehow we think that the Buccaneers were a 12-win team this year that just got blown out. I just That's the way that the conversation is being shaped about what the Cowboys just did to Tampa. The other thing I'd say is I just look at that under. I feel like that game's a race to 20. Yeah, I don't know how a rookie quarterback's going to handle it. It's a different level of uh, playoff pressure and the like, but it's just kind of fun. We'll manipulate those numbers. Those are the numbers that we have to move with, and the only one that I feel pretty happy with right from the get-go without manipulation is that Giants getting seven and a half, and I think we're in agreement on that, right? Feel good about that. Other than that, I'm going to move them around. I'm going to move them around. What would I have to do to get you to take uh, Jacksonville? Ooh. Um, 13 and come a half. Up, oh, oh. Sorry, four, 14 and a half. Oh, 14 my and a half. goodness gracious. Really? you No respect at all for the butts. I'm just saying, if they if they start slow again, the, you, you can't pick yourself up against uh, what Kansas City is about to do. I think you're probably right. I just was kind of worried and wondering, could I get you inside of under 14? If I could, I was going to maybe go ahead and do that. Uh, it's the Danny DeVito. One, no, 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 no. <laughs> one last quote for the night. That Kansas State coach whose team beat the wig of Bill Self, uh, his name is Jerome Tang. And when he took over, he said, I'm going to make you change the way you see this program. And he has immediately. And you know what he did when they stormed the floor last night, Tom? He jumped up on the table and took the microphone and told the K-State fans, I told you all, you get one court storming. From here on out, just expect to win. My man! I like this guy, Tang! There we go, buddy! Way to go! And your next head coach <laughs> of the Florida State Seminoles, <laughs> Jay Tang! Man of my own heart! We're out here... Expecting to win these damn games. Stop running out here celebrating all crazy. 
Good work, Tom. Enjoy Manhattan. I'll talk to you tomorrow, buddy. Good work out of you, Director Matthew. Thanks to all of you who watched and or listened. Be well. Have a great night. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a Redemption Thursday. Peace.